for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Saturday morning, another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.08 on your Saturday morning, and I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show. It is Saturday, July the 31st. 2021. It's hard to believe that uh, July is almost, well, it's over, folks. This is it. So summer's flying by. Summer always flies by. Why is that? Winter seems to drag, but summer just zooms. But uh, here we are yet again for another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee at Saturday Morning Coffee. As you know, we invite you each and every Saturday morning to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite Java, your favorite coffee, Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in this crazy world that we think you need to know here at Saturday Morning Coffee. We are all about limited government, lower taxes, and all the things that mean or would mean more freedom, more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. So let's get your Saturday morning going. As always, joined here in the studio this morning by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dye, how are you? I'm good this morning, Reese, and yourself? I'm good, Glenn. I'm a little, uh, little uh, caffeinated this morning. I'm not having the uh, coffee. I didn't have the coffee uh, issue that I had last week, so I'm a little caffeinated this morning. Doing well. What, what's, what's your coffee of the day? Finishing up on the Starbucks French roast this morning. But, man, hot and muggy outside. You could have oh, brewed yeah. your coffee outside on you your porch. Brew it on your front porch. Uh, it's You said 107? Uh, heat index today. Heat index. Yeah. Good grief! Yep. I think I'll, I'll go ride the. Uh, I'll go ride the Hulk. That at, if you're after new to the show. If you're new to the area, um, that is dangerous heat levels. Extremely dangerous heat stroke. I yeah. mean, <laughs> any kind of stroke basically. But that's that's bad. Yeah, yeah it's a uh, rough uh, heat index, folks. So be careful out there if you are outside. Get plenty of water. Yeah. Uh, coffee, by the way, not a hydrating beverage. Now, and if you got to cut the grass, do it in the morning or the yeah. evening, and don't wear underwear because it's going to be soaked by the time you get in anyway. So. <laughs> That's what I do. Just yeah. wear your bathing suit. Important safety tip from yeah. Saturday morning coffee, folks. You don't do, want any chafing or do, anything. Do yeah. not wear underwear when you are yeah. cutting grass. So you're, yeah. so you're free balling when you're cutting the grass. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Very free good. as a bird, baby. Free as a bird. Folks, we uh, would curious to know what your undergarment selections are when you cut the grass. Other interesting <laughs> comments that you may have for us to share on your Saturday morning, feel free to chime in. The call-in line here at Saturday Morning Coffee is 843-903-2945. You can also text your comments. Most of you are Saturday morning texters. Text line, of course, as always, 843-798-TALK. That is 843-798-8255. You can tweet your comments. To the show. It is uh, at Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle. Follow at Reese Boyd on Twitter and you'll get updates when the podcasts are posted. You can also email your comments to the show. The 
Email address for this show is SMC at gmail.com. I'm actually pulling up the Saturday morning coffee inbox right now. That's SMC at gmail.com. Just scanning through the inbox here. And uh, a couple of podcast requests in the... Uh, in the inbox, but also feel free to call us, folks. A lot of you don't like to talk on Saturday mornings. Some of you like to call during normal business hours here on uh, here uh, at the beach. And the number there, when you can find me during where you can find me during normal business hours, is of course the main number at Davis and Boyd Attorneys at Law. That number, as always, is eight four three eight three nine nine eight zero zero. I've heard from a few of you lately, so always good to hear from our loyal listeners and fans during the week. Uh, love to chat with you, catch up, and uh, hear what's on your mind. So uh, let us hear from you this morning. Let us know what's going on. Let us know what, uh, what, your, uh, what your thoughts are on this or that or the other thing. And the other thing was uh, whether or not you're wearing underwear when you're mowing your lawn. Well, and can you find your mask? Because okay. you might need your mask. Yeah, you again. might need your mask. And, and honestly, a lot of people put them away, threw them away, burned them. I got rid of um, all mine. Well, and um, well, they're going to be selling masks again. I be- mean, the White House and the Dems are pushing for new mask mandates, even though the infection data, it varies so widely across the United States. Matter of fact, if you want to go in a federal building, you have to wear a mask oh, it's, now. It's, uh, yeah, Do you know why? Because Washington is a hot spot. There's a- been two deaths from COVID-19 in the past week. It's been a hot spot, Glenn. And not only that. Uh, Glenn, they're going to make servicemen wear masks. Yeah. If you, uh, you're going to have to be vaccinated. If you are a federal government contractor, you're going to have to be vaccinated. So it's, uh, we're, they're, they're swinging back, folks. And it, it is uh, incredible to me if you think about this. I was thinking about this this week, Glenn. You know, power for government is like crack cocaine for an addict. Yeah, I, I agree. And once government grows, it's like we always talk about limited government, lower taxes. And I always ask myself, where are we going to find these people who are going to go to Washington and actually go to Washington with a commitment to shrink government? It's like we were talking to William Bailey last week. And we said and and William was talking about some abuses that were happening at the state level Mm -hmm. with the Department of Health and Environmental Control, DHEC. And his opinion, which he shared with the show listeners and with us, was that DHEC had actually become too big, that it's too overbearing. It's, it's got its fingers in too many pots, too many aspects of our business and, and our lives are, are governed by this one state agency, and he thinks it should be smaller. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, what a, what a revolutionary idea. <laughs> what, what, what does it take uh, to fill the General Assembly up, folks, with people who actually want government to be smaller, who want it to be uh, smaller next month, next year, than it is today, to do the same thing in Congress. I mean, where are these people, and why can't we get them elected? Um, because that's the key. And because, they're, you know, as I said, power for government is like crack cocaine for an addict. And once these bureaucrats, I mean, it's like Hunter, it's like it's like Hunter Biden's yeah, dessert, right? It's, it's <laughs> like, I'm sorry, it's like it's like you know, it's yeah. like hookers and crack cocaine yeah. for Hunter Biden. Yeah. You know, it's it's so the more you get, the more you want. Yeah. And uh, but it's it's think about this, Glenn. We have come through an age, and I thought about. Um, I actually wanted to talk about the Olympics during the opening segment here, but we have come through an age where COVID has ruined so many things. COVID right. and politics. Yep have ruined sports. Um, COVID and politics have ruined so many things in the last two years. But think about this. 
government has used the pandemic as an excuse to dramatically expand its power. And now that the pandemic is shrinking back, what is government doing? Oh, they're trying to bring everything back. The yeah, all these and, government bureaucrats yeah. Yeah. That, that don't have fiat power over our day-to-day lives right. anymore are going through withdrawal. They miss it, yeah. They, they yeah. don't like this. Right. The people like Fauci. Oh, you know, I was always, and I don't mean any disrespect, but, you know, it's, there's, you can always tell what a governor is in the way of his, his governing or, or her governing approach. You know, by the way, they they behave during a hurricane. Right. 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 Because for the and, and even like you can tell the people who run the emergency divisions of, uh, of of the various state governments, the emergency preparedness division. And, and, you know, the hurricane is their moment to be in the spotlight and to have power. Right. And, and you can tell a lot about those people by the way they behave in those moments. And governors, for the most part, you know, they're out cutting ribbons at nursing homes until there's a hurricane. And then they're like. The czar for their state for the yeah, time being. Yeah, you know? and yeah. so, little TV time. All these little bureaucrats, they are hooked on the power that they have over us, Glenn, and they don't want to let it go. And they're having withdrawal. So we got a lot to talk about. A lot to do. It's a real problem, folks. A lot coming up on Saturday Morning Coffee. we got a great show for you. I'll explain it after the break. we got to go take some commercials. So uh, we'll have a little money in the bank. And you guys stick with us. We'll be right back after these words with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glendive. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers being submitted? Because most of these deals are going multiple offers, Reese. You've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. So, Greg, how do you work to ensure that your clients don't pay too much? The law of supply and demand says when there's not much of something available and tons of demand, prices have to go up. But if the home meets their needs and they have to buy today, we're not going to let them overpay, but they need to do what it takes to win. Great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much I miss my wife It's lonely out in space On such a time less flight And I think it's gonna be 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Little Rocket Man. It is 721 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing it with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Speaking of Rocket Man, Glenn, you know anything about this week in history? What might have been happening uh, 51 years ago? Actually, 50 years ago today, July 26 to August 7, 1971, was the fourth crewed mission to land on the moon. That was Apollo oh, okay. 15. Can't keep up with them all. I know, it's hard to keep up with them. It was <laughs> the first J mission with a longer stay on the moon from July 30th to August 2nd and a greater focus on science. Got to follow the hmm. science. Yeah. Glenn, follow the science. Yeah. wonder if Fauci was paying attention to that mission. What a disappointment. Oh, my gosh. He's such a fraud. <laughs> At least he's Fauci. You know, but they weren't far. They it's weren't far about off. the power. Including, you, including the first, this always cracked me up. It just cracked me up, Glenn, including the first lunar roving vehicle. You know America is in a great place when not only do we go to the moon, but we take a car there right. and we drive around. Right. I mean, yeah. what, what are we doing? What are we doing, Glenn? Yep. What, and, is, and what, is, a, what has happened actually, to this great land? There's actually a great commercial that's been on, what, past six months or so where they show, you know, a, a crew on the moon or on a planet driving mm-hmm. on a, a vehicle like that. Yeah. And she loses her phone. It's I'm sure. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm yeah, sure it's that. for some carrier yeah. or something. It's a, but Verizon. It's, a, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's a good you know? app. David Scott and Jim Irwin landed near Hadley Ryle and spent 18 and a half hours in extra extra vehicular excuse me activity yeah. collecting 170 pounds of surface material. At the same time, Alfred Warden orbited orbited the moon, or operating the sensors in the sim bay and in the service module during the return trip to Earth, Warden performed the first spacewalk in deep space. The Apollo 15 splashed down safely with all goals accomplished. So good stuff from our nation's past. A lot, a lot uh, to remember and, and reflect on and all the, all the things that uh, make America great. And certainly the Apollo program is one of our great accomplishments. So, uh, wonder, Glenn, have you been watching the Olympics? Uh, no. No. I, I mean, I, maybe an hour. I'm, I'm surprised at the number of people that I, I, I asked that question yep. to, and they're like, eh, nah, I'm just not nah. good. 68% viewership down this, this, uh, this time around for the Olympics. Yeah, and it, again, it makes you wonder what we have uh, become. I remember the Olympics. The Olympics were a huge deal. I remember watching the Olympics, uh, you know, as a kid, um, the Olympics in uh, – Lake Placid, the Olympics in Atlanta, the, you know, it's, these were things you kind of built your schedule around. And it seems like my kids aren't terribly interested in watching. We've tried to watch a little bit of it, but the, the absence of crowds, just the, the, uh, you know, the, the playing to an empty stadium for the most part. Again, COVID has destroyed sports. Well, I can't tell you the, uh, let me strike that again. COVID did not destroy anything, but our response to COVID we have allowed COVID to yeah. destroy sports. The race that I did see, um, uh, I, I saw a little bit of the swimming races. Man, this this one guy, I mean, at, right at the end, boy, he just took off. And I mean, this was a long, I don't remember how many meters it was, but 
he really, at the very end, came back and won that sucker. And, I mean, he was way behind. But you, they show you the, not the miles per hour. I'm sure it's kilometers per hour yeah, or something. meters per second. Meters per second, yeah. yeah. And and he was, you know, behind. And then all of a sudden, he, like, kicked it into high gear. And by, like, three, four meters, I mean, he just passed everybody. Oh, yeah. Man. It was great. And what's amazing to me when you look at the uh, swimming is the amount of, I mean, if you that's a big pool. And they yeah. just basically agitate it like a washing machine it's a right. it's a huge pool and the amount of power that is being put into that water yeah by you know 10 you know 10 men it's pretty phenomenal mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing but uh, yeah the, the one thing that struck me is they there was a poll that i read like 70 percent of the japanese don't even think the olympics should be happening hmm. uh, it's it's really bizarre and even toyota has pulled their advertising from the Olympics in Japan. Wow. So they don't even want to be associated with the Olympics that they're the one of the chief sponsors for. Yeah. It's it's truly bizarre. But uh, anyway, it's uh, not been the most uh, exciting Olympics. Of course, we've had the... Now, here's the question I have for you, Glenn. I'd mm. love to hear our listeners chime in on this one. Is ping pong really a sport? <laughs> well, is, is skateboarding a sport? <laughs> that's, a good, that's another good yeah. question. Yeah. So we, we would love to hear from y'all what, what uh, sports. I was trying to watch uh, the Olympics one night this week, and it was, I think it was two nights ago, it was ping pong. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not a sport. I mean, this is, you know, this is a, this is a game that you do in the family rec room. Or in the basement. Yeah, we, basement. we had a ping pong table growing up and a pool table. Um, I don't consider it a sport. But there are some people that are really, really good at ping pong. Oh, I no, saw I, a video I, last I, night. Yeah. Guy, a guy held a, a banana in his mouth. And then a guy was maybe 10 feet away with a ping-pong paddle and a ping-pong ball, and he basically cut that banana in half in that guy's mouth with that ping-pong. Wow. Yeah, that was impressive. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. So that thing was moving. Moving. So it's uh, an interesting Olympics, folks. I say that loosely. I'm not sure that this Olympics will go down in history as one that uh, will be memorable. What's your most memorable Olympic memory? Uh, Mark Spitz. Oh really? I'd say Mark Spitz. He was a, maybe, he was a swimmer, right? Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, Yadi, uh, Yadia Komanichi. Nadia Komanichi. Uh, Nadia Komanichi. Yep. Um, uh, actually, I won the Jim McKay Broadcasting Scholarship. Jim McKay in yeah. Jim McKay. Jim McKay was the man. Yeah, when uh, the murders took place. When oh, yeah. the, the that, was, uh, that was that uh, was 1970... 72. That was Germany. Yeah, yeah, Ger- yeah. Germany. Yeah. Uh, that was Munich. Was that Munich? I believe it was. Yeah. But he was the first reporter that happened to be there. Everybody else was coming like days yeah. later. Every, he had, every, everybody has seen that famous broadcast. Yeah. And, and that's time and time again where he's like. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it because we remember being in the living room and Jim McKay was the only real correspondent that could give us the information of what yeah. had just happened. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, a lot, lot going on. I, I, my memory is the dream team i remember the uh, okay. the gymnastics dream team yeah. and the basketball dream team right. those were the the, the moments that magic johnson magic johnson yeah. yeah that that uh visit to uh the olympics stands out in my mind of course the olympic uh gymnastic dream team folks we'd love to hear from y'all what sports that are olympic sports should not be olympic sports and what sports that are out there that uh we haven't given olympic credence to isn't that funny that we're olympic talking sports? about the moon and rocket man is playing now isn't that interesting it is interesting yeah. um just to let you know that if you would like to buy a moon rock uh it is actually illegal to buy a moon rock that came back from the moon but you can buy a meteorite that came from the moon and maybe some lunar dust but um you can also 
by a star. They'll name a star after <laughs> yeah. you. Now, I'd rather have The Rock. Yeah, I'd rather you know, have The Rock. Be like, hey, it came from the moon. Uh, folks, we got a great show coming up for you today. Josh uh, Kimbrell, Senator Josh Kimbrell, going to be joining us in the second hour. Josh is a senator, a member of the South Carolina General Assembly. He's going to be talking about some very interesting legislation that he's introduced in the General Assembly that will scale back the income tax in South Carolina, which I think is a great idea. We're also going to be joined in the second hour by Savannah Craven. Uh, Savannah is an up-and-coming artist. She's been on the show before. She's a regular guest on this station. You guys will probably recognize her. And uh, she is now a um, in a production of Oklahoma that's going to be occurring, occurring in Roslyn, Virginia. She's, she's going to be joining us here in the studio in the second hour. So stick with us. A lot more to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort and confidence. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at pilefinancialservices.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. Someone told me long ago There's a calm before the storm I know It's been coming for some time When it's over, so they say It'll rain a sunny day I know Shining down like water I won't know Have you ever seen green? I won't know Have you ever seen green? Coming down Sunday Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.35 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, July 31st, 2021. So we are talking before the break about a little bit about mask mandates and the return of uh, the ever-creeping 
vax passport effort that's underway and uh a lot to uh you know, unpack what's going on, but on the on the uh, side of of uh, good, goodness, justice, and uh, the American way, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has uh, yesterday signed an order banning the COVID vaccine or mask uh, mandates. Abbott issued the order days after the CDC called for mask mandates indoors, regardless of vaccination status. Abbott issued the order Thursday, excuse me, two days after the Centers for Disease Control, Disease Control issued um, uh, recommended indoor mask mandates regardless of vaccination status in places with at least 50 confirmed COVID-19 cases per 100,000 people over the previous seven days. To further ensure that no government entity can mandate masks, the following requirements shall continue to apply no government entity, including a county, city, school district, public health authority, and no government official may require any person to wear a face covering or to mandate that other persons wear a face covering, the executive order read. Abbott Abbott defended the move in a statement saying, today's executive order will provide clarity and uniformity in the Lone Star State's continued fight against COVID-19. The Republican governor went on to reiterate his argument that the path forward relies on personal responsibility rather than government uh, coercion and mandates. Ding, ding for Governor Abbott, folks. Um, it, It is time for us to be responsible for our own lives and not look to the government to tell us when to put on our mask and when to take it off. If you want to wear a mask, Wear the mask. Um, you know, it's, it's astonishing to me that as much science is out there that says the masks don't really help, as many times as we've heard government officials say the mask is only necessary if you haven't been vaccinated. I mean, the, the, the messaging on this has been all over the board. The president himself has said we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And now we're being told that it doesn't matter if you've been vaccinated or not. We want everybody to wear a mask. I mean, it, it, is, it is bizarre how schizophrenic the messaging on this has been. It's, it's almost, unbelievable. It's almost like the mark of the devil. Well, you, and you, I, you know the Bible. I know you know the Bible. I do, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's truly, it is truly, Glenn, I believe, it is the response of a government and a government bureaucracy that cannot cope with surrendering power. They don't they just don't do it. And so when you have a pandemic and power expands exponentially, when the pandemic is over, they have to keep finding ways to say, oh, no, we we really need to keep acting like this. Well, and the people that didn't get the uh, vaccine will be the ones, as described in the Bible, that will be. No, what exile? What is the word I'm looking for? You're banned or beheaded or communicated. You're done. You're done. I mean, basically, if you don't get the if you don't get the vaccine, you're you're not able to participate in polite society. Yeah. You know, I I'm one of the few here uh, on the air at the station that have have been vaccinated and Mm -hmm. had COVID, and I I feel kind of like a um a test um rat, but um also I feel like I'm super vaccinated, and why should I have to wear a mask? Yeah. And and they've got the, – the media has got people so scared that I am now seeing people again outside 
with masks on. And in their own car by themselves Driving. with mask yeah. car. Yeah. And it, it that is how scared they're using the media is using – the Democrats are using this to scare the hell out of people. Um, well, and, and I think – here's what I really think, Glenn. I think the folks surmise that 2022 at the current run rate, mm-hmm. if, if things – if the table doesn't change substantially, that 20. 22 is going to be devastating for the Democrats and the Republicans are going to sweep Congress and uh, local and state elections because people are fed up with all of this. But but you see the people walking outside. There are the followers. There are people that are actually following the crap. And it's it's unfortunate. Well, and, and I think we're saying the same thing. I think what I think what Democrats have realized is that they've got to manage some story, some narrative, yeah. to extend these emergency conditions, extend the pandemic lockdowns, extend the mask mandates, make people feel like they've got to continue to submit to this mm-hmm. very overarching authoritarian government. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's how they plan to, you know, they, that's how they plan to stay in power. They've got to keep ex- it going until yeah, it's time got to, to vote keep, again. They've got to yeah. keep this party going, folks. It's it's just crazy. And again, time and time again throughout this process, we have seen the federal government, local and state governments, expand their authority exponentially. Now, that hasn't really happened in South Carolina. And as I've said on this program, we are blessed that we have a Republican governor, that we have a Republican General Assembly. We are blessed that Governor Henry McMaster has not really attempted, uh, has not attempted to uh initiate lockdowns to shut down small business do you know how many small businesses have simply vanished yep. as a result yeah. of this pandemic? i don't know how many exactly but a, a lot it, it's in the millions it was just a, a destruction of the small business yeah it's it's unbelievable how many businesses have, and i have clients that had life savings invested in small businesses and they just haven't survived they, the businesses are gone and government across the board has simply used the pandemic to exercise authority that they, they, they just don't have. Classic example, Glenn, the CDC, in addition to everything else that it has done, has, of course, they issued the eviction moratorium. They did that uh, unilaterally. Mm-hmm. They simply decided that they had the authority. There, I, I don't believe they actually did have the authority. That is another uh, discussion. Of course, the initial... Now, ask yourself, what is it that gives the Centers for Disease Control the authority to tell a landlord, a a landlord in Podunk, Arkansas, that they can't evict a tenant that refuses to pay their rent? Right. And there's plenty of government handouts. I mean, (laughs) well, you know, interestingly enough, the majority, the vast majority of funds uh, that have been allocated for tenant assistance for rental assistance has not been spent in in South Carolina. It varies from state to state. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who is uh, with the uh, Association of Realtors, and he said, you know, in South Carolina, the way they structured the relief package and the CARES funds were used to fund the, the, the fund that was created to provide rental assistance, the tenant had to request the assistance. And so the landlord was not able to request the assistance. But what, the one thing that government fails to understand, uh, there's, there's, there's an article here that was in the Wall Street Journal uh, this week. 
as the, the initial CDC moratorium was supposed to ex, uh, expire at the end of June. Well, the CDC, because, you know, we elected the, the, the commissioners of the CDC. We elected those folks, and, you know, we can, they're, they're responsive to us. I'm being sarcastic. I know you are. We didn't elect, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't elect a single one no. of them. They unilaterally decided to extend the moratorium for another month. The Wall Street Journal um, published a story this week that said, you know, in, some, in certain areas, as many as half of the rental units are, are in arrears, are, are in default. Mm-hmm. And what nobody seems to understand, government certainly doesn't understand, these tenants are not all evil slumlords. They're, a lot of them are mom and pops. Right. I, you know, I have, I have friends, clients. I've got uh, an elderly client. She, her income is two rental properties, and that's her only source of income because she inherited those two properties from her husband. Right. And so there are real people out there who are hurting, and the government just says, well, you know what? We don't think you can evict people. So well, you may not be able to evict people, but you can definitely lose your property because you have been hogtied to being able to evict people and get rent. Exactly. <laughs> the, the the bank still expects the note on the property to be paid. Yep. Uh, Pelosi calls on CDC to extend eviction moratorium unilaterally. House Democratic leaders have struggled to find enough party support to extend an eviction moratorium. But Speaker Nancy Pelosi is advocating a temporary fix, urging the Biden administration to act unilaterally to help the nation's most vulnerable renters. Uh, The speaker said the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which instituted the ban on evictions through the end of Saturday, that's today, should extend the deadline further, giving House Democrats more time to codify the extension in legislation. Um, That hasn't been done yet. I don't expect that to happen. Um, but uh, interesting, uh, you know, again, there is no legislation. Nobody voted on this, folks. The CDC just unilaterally decided that they were going to do it, and they did it. And that's not the way government is supposed to work. So a lot more to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Folks, stick with us. Uh, oh, did I mess you up? Yeah, a little bit. No, I did. No, we're good. We're good. Let's, let's take a break. All right. Well, for a break, uh, after these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Folks, stick with us. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, we've talked many times about how life is so uncertain these days. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's a transition in the administration. So much uncertainty in the world. How does Pyle Financial Services assist its clients in coping with such uncertain times? Well, Reese, we have developed and refined a proprietary process that we call the Wealth Audit. It helps families prepare for what we believe can be some of the most significant legislative and investor-related changes coming next year. This is the year to plan. Folks, I encourage you to reach out. That's great financial advice from Scott Pyle. It's Pyle Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pylefinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. 
Hi, this is Shayla with Palmetto Goodwill. Every Thursday morning right after 9 on the Liz Calloway Show, Goodwill presents the Get a Job segment. For people who are looking for jobs, we offer assistance with resume preparation, mock interviews, and job search resources. To get started, visit palmettogoodwill.org for more information on our center locations in North Myrtle Beach, Carolina Forest, and Georgetown. Get a job Thursday mornings brought to you by Palmetto Goodwill on Talk 94.5. Hey, everybody, it's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, talking with Greg Sisson at the Greg Sisson Team REMAX First Choice Real Estate. Thank you, Reese. Super excited to be on board. Uh, I do believe uh, we can bring some information that will serve your audience here, so I'm excited about that. Greg, if folks want to get in touch with you at your office, how can they do that? Really, my cell phone is the best way. It's 843-251-2693. My email is greg at gregsisson.com. That's the website, gregsisson.com. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk ninety four point five. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour 750 on your saturday morning thanks for sharing your saturday morning with us again hope you'll stick around for the second uh cup hour of saturday morning coffee we're going to be talking to senator josh uh, kimbrell of the south carolina general assembly talking about some important uh, legislation that he has introduced i think you want to hear about that some important uh, needed tax reform here in the palmetto state and also going to be hearing uh, from Savannah Craven. Savannah's going to be joining us here in the studio talking about her new song and a play that she's uh, in, uh, in, in, in up in Virginia, up in Roslyn, Virginia. Be excited to hear about that and a little potential uh, travel opportunity we're trying to put together with Savannah. We're working on that. But uh, so all that's coming up in the second hour. Hope you guys will stick with us. A couple of housekeeping items Folks, first thing I want to say, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I actually talked to one of our sponsors this week. He called me and he said, you know, just thanking me for, the, you know, being involved in the show and how useful that they had found their sponsorship to be. And they've gotten really good feedback. So I want to thank you all, our listeners, for reaching out to our sponsors and supporting them and letting them know that you heard about them and, and, and their businesses on Uh, Saturday morning coffee. That helps us so much when you do that. So thank you all for doing that. And thanks to our sponsors. Uh, We really appreciate all that they do for us and they make the show possible. So uh, thank you, uh, sponsors. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of Saturday morning coffee, please get in touch with me or at the station and we'll help you out with that. But also uh, another housekeeping item, a couple of prizes. Glenn, I think Jackie won a, um, uh, a prize, and maybe I think we've got one other. There's a couple of prizes that are sitting at the desk at uh, Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. I think a couple of you said you were going to stop by the office and pick those up. So if you are 
missing a prize, if you've got a prize that you won on uh, the show and you haven't picked it up, please swing by and uh, get that for us, if you would. Get that from us, if you would. A lot of you checking in this morning on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Andy Thompson checking in. Uh, Good morning, Andy. Coffee time. Yes, indeed. Jesse the Horseman checking in. Jesse is reading uh, Mark Levin's American Marxism. It's a good book that it's a good thing that they are in the minority and we have to fight. Absolutely. Jesse, don't ever lose sight of the fact that the crazies are not the majority. Uh, We still have, I believe, uh, the moral center in this country, what used to be called the silent majority. The problem is we can't be silent any longer. Tim, the car detail guy checking in. Uh, Good morning, Tim. Jim, James from Myrtle Beach checking in. Uh, Yes, James is talking about the uh, war on small business. A small business is the last best hope for opportunity outside the globalist totalitarian uh, regime. And yes, James, you are absolutely correct. Um, If you see, if you look and and see, if your eyes are open, folks, you see these uh, alliances being formed between big tech and and other big businesses, Amazon, etc. They're in league with big government. And they are acting in a way that that is uh, in opposition to your freedom. And that's not good. So uh, small business is the heart of the American economic engine. And it's also the heart of political liberty. Small business accomplishes uh, a great deal economically, but it also accomplishes a great deal politically. It's small businesses that give people the opportunity to have independent, you know, independent income that they control. And they're not dependent on Jeff Bezos or, uh, you know, ExxonMobil or Coca-Cola or anybody else for a paycheck. They get out and they earn it. And I have so much respect for all of you. We have so many entrepreneurs uh, in this audience, so many people who get out and hustle. And some of you hustle at at multiple. uh, (laughs) Some of you got multiple hustles. You got multiple side hustles. And I I have so much respect for folks who uh, take it upon themselves to step out and start a business. So, yes, uh, it is incredibly important, uh, James, and we have to continue to work to protect it. Dave checking in on uh, the PCRXcomputers.com text line as well. Dave said, thank you for, I think Dave won a coffee mug last week. And so he's working on a, he's working on a, on a set. He wants a set of Saturday morning coffee mugs. So uh, Ann Durham checking in. Good morning, Ann. She says that uh, the city of Myrtle Beach's budget has increased 35% this year. I'm not, I don't, I haven't been following that, Ann, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'll take your word for it. And again, that's what we're seeing, Glenn. We're seeing government getting bigger, getting more powerful, uh, getting more oppressive at every level. It's happening at the national level. It's happening at the state level uh, in many states, and it's happening at the, uh, at the, uh, at the local level. So uh, the climbers checking in. So good morning to all of y'all. Thank y'all for checking in this morning. Larry Biddle checking in. Uh, Wolf checking in. Thank you to everybody who has uh, checked in this morning with us on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. Uh, so did you hear the latest, Glenn? Hear the latest. <laughs> What's the latest? Well, we're learning more about our president. Uh, apparently, our our president uh, is a truck driver. Did you did you realize that? No, I had no idea. I, I, mean, I knew he was a scientist. He's like, I... yeah, he's he has he's a scientist. I mean, he has had multiple careers. He's obviously he was a lifeguard. He was you know worked at the pool for many years. Yeah. Um, just it's phenomenal all that this man has been able to do. It's uh, come on, man. Joe Biden claims he used to drive an 18 wheeler. Biden has now set a new mark while touring a Mack truck facility this week in Pennsylvania. Biden claimed that he used to be an 18. He used to drive an 18 wheeler. 
<laughs> I had no idea. You can't, <laughs> folks. I mean, we could make a whole show, Glenn, out of yeah. nothing but Biden quotes. I mean, it's astonishing. Uh, there's just one problem. He did not. Um, he did not drive an 18-wheeler. When asked about the incredible claim, a White House staffers were left scrambling. One White House spokesperson replied that at one time the president was a passenger in an 18-wheeler. Wow. Yeah, and that, that's impressive, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. I don't think he understands the concept. And, of course, folks, that reminded me of a great clip, which uh, I'm just going to share with you all as we uh, bring the first hour to a close because – it needs to be shared. It needs to be played every every so often. It's the great Biden clip from, uh, I think it's the late '80s. But uh, let's review uh, <laughs> the trouble that the president has with uh, with with truth. Let's let's just take a quick listen to this is one of our this is one of our old oldies but goodies. whether he was dishonest or dumb. Senator Joseph Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from taped remarks of Biden during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. Morton I mean, Condrey. this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to Oops. sit down and compare Oops. my IQ to yours if you'd like. Memory. Memory lapse. Victimized by the truth. Bye-bye Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very diff- going to be very difficult for him to recover. Ellen is Cliff. Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob. Terminal condition. Terminal. 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 Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. <laughs> Must not have been too terminal because he managed uh, to survive. I, I miss John McLaughlin. What a great, what a great guy he was. So that's uh, just a reminder of uh, the president's uh, ongoing struggles with the truth, folks. And they are nothing new. It's a, a recurring theme, folks. Uh, stick with us after uh, these words from our sponsors and a news break. We'll be right back with the second hour of Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. This is WTKM 94.5. Merle's Inlet, Myrtle Beach. Talk 94.5. The new conservative alternative. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.06 on your Saturday morning. 
little REM for you. Oh, no, I said too much. You know, that happens to me all the time, Glenn. <laughs> I said, I get home, my wife says, you said too much. Really? About, about what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope we haven't said too much today. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Right now, we are joined by a special guest, as promised. It is Senator Josh Kimbrell. Uh, Josh is a member of the South Carolina General Assembly, the state Senate. Uh, more particularly, he is from Boiling Springs, and he uh, represents... Uh, that area of uh, Spartanburg County in the South Carolina Senate. He serves on uh, banking and insurance and family and veterans services and the Judiciary Committee, among others, and uh, is a leading uh, cause cause, um, uh, agent for conservative change in the uh, Senate. So we uh, welcome him to the show. I think he is just serving his first term, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, always uh, good to hear from a fellow radio personality as well. So, uh, Josh, welcome to the program. Good morning, Reese. Good to be with you. Yeah, I did 10 years of radio, so my wife said the same thing all the time. She said too much. (laughs) I I get it every Saturday, Josh. So it's a good thing I I have a day job. uh, Yeah, it's a good thing you have a real job. (laughs) So tell us, for folks who may not know, and I believe – uh, Josh, you just got elected to the Senate. Was it a special election? I'm trying to recall the details. No, I defeated a. Uh, it, was a it was a general election. I defeated a 30 year Democratic incumbent. That's right. That's so right. So it was a, it was a seat that we've been trying to get for a long time. And I've been Spartanburg County Republican Party chair prior to that, and uh, did 10 years of radio, four years of Fox News. I look better on radio than on Fox, but uh, I had been around politics for a long time. I worked in the governor's office under Sanford before Argentina. And, uh, and and had worked, had done radio and TV and party chairman. So then I decided, okay, we got to get this guy out. Pretty liberal voting record in a very conservative county, and we uh, we ran. I ran last year and defeated him. Yeah, well, and congratulations! It was a, a great effort on your part, and thank you. You've already sort of um, made your mark and distinguished yourself in the general assembly. And uh, you know, it's funny. I um, I feel a certain kinship. You and I have a lot. We both worked in the governor's office, obviously both in radio and. I see you've got some aviation uh, interest, and I'm a I'm an aviation lawyer by trade at times, not always, but sometimes. So it's uh, it's great to uh, have you on the show. I noticed uh, this week that you've introduced a bill in the General Assembly, Senator, that takes on the issue of the income tax in South Carolina, which has long been something that I've been uh, interested in working on fixing. What uh, what can you tell us what uh, that is all about? Well, yes, sir. If this passes, I mean, just on the broad contours, it would be the largest income tax cut probably in the history of the state, if not the history of the state, certainly in the last 50 years. And what we're trying to do, and I've worked closely with colleagues on this, and we've all been talking about the need to do something on income taxes. And what this would effectively do is help us leapfrog Georgia and North Carolina, our immediate competitive states, of course, when it comes to the tax rates. We have the highest in the southeast income tax rates up particularly personal income tax rates. And we, we Josh? Without having to give away the story of all these factors that us as companies that don't agree with our values anyways, our way to grow the economy and build businesses without selling out the culture and subsidizing everybody is to, is to do a tax reform package. So what my bill does is it eliminates all corporate income taxes and not just corporations, not just the big guys. It cuts taxes on everybody who owns a business. If you own a subchapter S, an LLC, and, uh, any kind of pass-through entity, the whole proprietorship 
it eliminates your income taxes on any productive activity. So if you, I know you mentioned being a lawyer. If your law firm is your own law firm, I think it is, then, you know, a pass-through entity, zero income tax uh, from the state of South Carolina. So it would be a $536 million corporate income tax cut. We also take the personal rate from 7% down to 3.5%. The way we do that is we just, it's a flat tax. We eliminate all the brackets. It's 3.5% for everybody. Uh, there, it eliminates most of the loopholes, but it does leave in place the $12,000 standard deduction for single filers, 24000 for a couple, and, and then, of course, earned income tax credit. So if people ask, how do we pay for this? Well, we pay for it by, well, first off, we need, we need to cut the size and scope of government. But even beyond that, this is revenue neutral. What we what we do is make the tourists pay for it. In your neck of the woods, you've got yeah. plenty of tourists. So we, we broaden the income tax. Uh, the sales tax base. We don't raise sales taxes. The rate doesn't go up. So if you go get a cup of coffee, your rate doesn't change. But there's a lot of exemptions right now for even country club membership or uh, getting a Manny Petty, anything like that is exempted. But we're saying, okay, no more exemptions. We're going to eliminate the exemptions and we're going to let people visiting South Carolina help pay the tax bill. But we do not raise the sales tax. We, we cut the personal income tax by half. And we eliminate all corporate income taxes. It's a huge reform, and I'm certainly excited to push for it, and hopefully we can make some progress on it. Yeah, and I think it's great, um, Senator, because one of the things that I tend to think is, first of all, I think the comp, the, the system for the, the way we collect taxes in South Carolina and just about everywhere else, it's not just us, but the system itself is too complex. And they're, they, you know, they get money on both sides of the equation. They get money on the, on the income side and on the expense side from all of us. And we, we get nickel and dimed here, and we, we pay big chunks over here. But at the end of the day, none of us really know exactly how much our government is costing us. And I know this would not be, the, this would not be in practice a, a reasonable uh, alternative, but I, I really believe if all of us had to write a single check at the beginning of the year, uh, to pay for our government, if that was a feasible system that would work. Um, I think our government would be a lot smaller and a lot more efficient, is my theory. So anything we can do to, to simplify things, I think, is is great because we spend a lot of money collecting that tax, as you, as you I'm sure, well know. Well, what you just said, is a very important point. You know, it's actually, historically, what you just mentioned used to be the case. I mean, withholdings, the withholdings table has allowed government to grow exponentially, and I, I know the reason behind it, because nobody wants to write that big check. But to your point, if you write a big check at the beginning of the end of the year, it hurts, right? I mean, how many times have you and I both heard people tell us, because I was a banker before. I used to be a commercial banker, and I dealt with a lot of different tax returns all the time. And my favorite phrase, as people say, we get around to tax day, they're like, oh, I'm going to get this much money back from the government. They're going to give me some money. I said, no, no, no. They robbed you blind all year long, and then they took a 0% loan and gave you some of your money they took from you back. Uh, it, it's really, it really does allow government to grow by having the withholding table. So I agree with you. If we can make it to where everybody sees exactly what they're paying, they, people wouldn't put up with it. And, and I do think, though, that this at least moves us more in that direction. Because oh, yeah. now you're going to see it on your receipt everywhere you go buy something. So your rate doesn't go up, as I've said repeatedly on the sales tax, but your items will. So you go, you go buy stuff now, you're going to see that sales tax. You're going to see it on there. And you don't have to write a big check, and your paycheck coming home is going to be bigger every week, but you'll get to literally see on the receipt what you're paying for South Carolina State government. 
Absolutely. And I, and I think that that's as it should be. Everybody should know. And it, it's not an insignificant amount. You know, you buy a meal and it, and that's, you know, we do have to have taxes. I think we all agree there. But uh, government, when, particularly when you add everything up, government is has become, I, I would I would argue, burdensome and, and overly uh, expensive and taking really too much out of the private sector, too much out of people's pockets. But uh, that's another segment. What else? Uh, it, what is the bill number on this, Senator? What, what, if, if folks want to follow it online, what's the bill number for your proposal? So the bill number cannot, they want to sign a bill number until we get back to session in the fall. So okay. it's, it's what we're calling it, and you can find it on this online numerous places. I know Fitz has covered it, and you can, and, and we're going to post it up on my website also, and, and it's on my Facebook page, Josh Gimble for Senate. And it's called the Job, the Job Creation and Competitiveness Act of 2022. Okay. So it's, a pre, it's, a, it's already drafted and, and ready to go, but the way the rules of the Senate are, we can't assign a bill number until we're back in session, but the bill is on the desk and ready to roll. And anything else going on in the General Assembly that you'd like to share folks, share with folks, bring to folks' attention? Well, I would tell people that we need to be really mindful. I, I know there's a lot of issues that you and I both care about, Reese, whether it's fiscal or social. There's going to be some very big debates over social issues come January, and people need to be mindful. There's one that I sponsored, and then there's one that a number of us have sponsored. And let's start with the, the one a group has sponsored, and I, I started out in the House with actually transit, but that is the Save Women's Sports Act. You know, we really do have a problem. If anybody denies there's a problem about uh, biological males playing in female sporting events, just watch the Olympics. We've had numerous uh, events in the Olympics where a biological male defeated a biological female in a sporting event just by claiming that he was uh, desirous of being female. It's happening all across the country. It's happening in South Carolina. And uh, the high school league is inadequate to deal with it. The the high school league is a disaster anyways, and they've been unable to deal with this issue. So I have gotten numerous complaints from parents where school districts are letting biological males compete against females without really any criteria. And what we're trying to say is that's not going to happen in South Carolina. We, we believe that there are two biological genders, and we're not going to let uh, young women who work their whole lives to be competitive at a sport or be competitive at, uh, at volleyball or tennis or you name it lose their match or lose their championship to a biological male who decides to compete against them. And so that's a very important debate that's going to be had in the Senate. The House tried it twice this year. It didn't happen. Uh, I think the votes are there in the House, but it didn't happen because of the the rules in the Judiciary Committee. So in the Senate, I believe we have a better chance at it right now because the the debate's being had in the the Education Committee, chaired by my friend Senator Greg Henry from your neck of the woods, well, close to your neck of the woods. He's Mm -hmm. in Horry County. And and Senator Henry's allowed for a hearing in the, in the Education Committee on that. So I believe we can move the bill forward. I am a co-sponsor of it, and, and that needs to happen. I, I just think it's, it's kind of crazy that uh, we're even having that debate, to be honest with you. We're, we're talking about whether men should play against women in sports events. I think that's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, it, we've, we've actually talked on that uh, topic many times on this program over the last, I would say, six months. Senator, and I raised the point. I said, you know, it wasn't that long ago, maybe even a year ago, and you've said, you know, in order to play women's sports, you must be a girl. I mean, that should not be a controversial statement. A year ago, it would not have been a controversial statement. But one of the things uh, we had, uh, William Bailey, Representative William Bailey, was on the program last week, and one of the you know, you hear this comment that's being made sometimes by people who who oppose this legislation. They say, well, you know, it's really not a problem. It's just a few people. And one thing I, uh, Representative Bailey and I talked about, you know, I've been following the situation in Connecticut. It only takes a handful of 
male athletes to cross over into women's sports. Uh, there are a couple, if you go to Connecticut, for example, that's one state that has really had this, you know, been at the forefront, the progressive forefront on this issue. There are two biological males who have, over the last couple of years, self-identified as female, who out of the entire uh, track and field competition in Connecticut, something like 15 out of 16 women's state track titles are now held by these two biological males. So you don't have to have a bunch of people, you know, crossing over the gender barrier to, to wreck women's sports. Not many at all. No, that's that's exactly right. You're, you're correct. Connecticut's been a dumpster thing on this issue. We don't want to be that here. And I think people expect South Carolina to be a common-sense state when it comes to issues like this. And, and, and we have to be. I'm determined we're going to be. Yeah. And, and, and because we're a state that believes, as you well know, and you talk about every week on this program, that uh, there's there are God-given rights. The reason we have freedom is because it's given to us by the Creator. That we have, we believe in South Carolina and and natural law, natural rights. And when we start, we can't even talk about the idea of two genders. We're way beyond the the, the, the pale of what is a rational thought that could preserve freedom. And that's what this debate's about. And, and frankly, another debate we're having, and I think this is also crazy, we're having to have this discussion, is in Columbia. The city of Columbia decided to ban. Anybody who's a therapist, if you happen to be a Christian therapist or you happen to be a, a pastor who engages in family counseling, they've now passed an ordinance in this capital city of our state that says you can be fined. You can be charged and fined $500 for every time you talk to a person under the age of 18 about traditional sexual values or gender roles or even marriage. And, and that is a massive violation of the First Amendment to the Constitution of this country. It is, uh, it is unconscionable that we're going to tell people you got to choose between your principles and the paycheck. And yet that's what the city of Columbia, South Carolina has done. Amen. Unbelievable. Well, Senator, we've got to, uh, we've got to run. I want to thank you for being on the program and thank you for fighting the good fight. If folks want to get in touch with you, uh, how can they follow you? How can they get in touch? Uh, share that information with us, if you would. Uh, absolutely. My official website is sbfedhouse.gov. You go to state Senate, pick up my profile. I also have votes. JoshKimball.com is my campaign website, or Josh Kimball for Senate on Facebook. And I look forward to talking to folks all across South Carolina. And, Reese, thanks for what you do. Josh, thank you so much. Come back on the show anytime, and good luck with this. We're going to be following you, and we're going to be writing those uh, judiciary and other committee members to help you move that along. I appreciate that, sir. Thank take, you. Take care. Be well. Folks, that's uh, Senator Josh Kimball from Bowling Springs. And after these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back with more. Saturday morning coffee and Savannah Craven. So stick with us. Don't leave town. We'll be right back. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, you and I have talked many times that there are lots of financial advisors in Myrtle Beach, but why would folks be well-served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, it really begins when they walk through the door. As fiduciaries, we put their interest above our own. We're not just a bunch of advisors competing with one another. What we do is we wrap the entire organization around their family, helping them navigate today and their future with a high level of comfort 
and confidence. Folks, that's great financial advice from Scott Pyle and Pyle Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Call them anytime at 843-945-4480 or reach them online at pilefinancialservices.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Prospera Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.26 a.m. on your Saturday morning. Saturday Morning Coffee flying by. I want to thank Senator Josh Kimbrell for joining us on the program. Always enjoy speaking with him. And I was thinking to myself, we were talking earlier in the show about what is it going to take uh, to fill the General Assembly with people that want to make your government smaller and uh, and less in your hair, less fingers in your pocket, less fingers in your day-to-day uh, life. Uh, Josh, and also uh, I mentioned William Bailey was on the show last week. Uh, two members of the General Assembly that are, I think, working hard to, uh, to uh, advance real conservative principles in the General Assembly and actually make your government smaller. Josh Kimbrell talking about a, a, a substantial... Uh, rollback of the personal income tax and an elimination of the corporate income tax in South Carolina. When is the last time uh, we heard anybody suggest that? So thank you to uh, Representative Bailey and to Senator Kimball for the work that they are doing in uh, in the General Assembly. And also wanted to give a shout out to a couple of you. We've had uh, uh, Magadon text in this morning. Good morning, Don. Bill Barrett uh, text in. Will down at Coastal Sports, formerly at Coastal Sports. Uh, Will checking in this morning and uh, Andy Thompson again checking in again. Uh, we had an interesting question from the climbers. Apparently, uh, Dave uh, won a, a mug last week, Glenn. That was his second mug. He won a mug yeah, la- a last set. year. He won his uh, second <laughs> mug uh, just last week. He, he texted in. He's working on a set. So the climbers have now texted in and said, how do they get a set? Uh, you know, we've never given away a set of mugs, but I think we're going to have to come up with a contest where we just give away a set. I think you need a e-commerce store where they can buy their mugs. Uh, <laughs> that's another thing we need to work on. I'll get Amazon. right on that. Let me get the let me get the prize department working on the e-commerce store, <laughs> folks. Right now, we are joined in the studio by one of our favorite uh, people. You've heard from her before. Uh, she is uh, wonderful. She is up and coming. She is talented. Uh, she is young. Uh, she is all those things. She is Savannah Craven, and she is a a very much an up and coming um, musical artist. But she's also a theatrical star on the rise, and so she's here to talk to us about her 
her new song and uh, and also a play that she is uh, going to be appearing in, a production of Oklahoma in uh, Reston, Virginia? Roslyn, Virginia. Roslyn, 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 Roslyn okay. Virginia. Sorry. I knew, yeah. I, was, I knew I was going to get that wrong <laughs> as I said it. Uh, good morning, Savannah. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are quite welcome. You, of course, have been on the show, so you're a regular. And uh, let's start. You've got a, you, you dropped Be Like Candace right here in the studio. Yes, I did. And But you've got another song that's come out. Yes, I have a new song that is going to come out very soon. It's called Black Victor, and it's basically just calling out um, the quote-unquote organization Black Lives Matter and how they've pretty much just tried to destroy the black community. Mm-hmm. And I really just want to use this song to inspire people um, of minority communities that you are not a victim unless you choose to be one. I feel like there's a lot of issues within this country and within our community where People feel like they can't do things simply because of the color of their skin. And in America, you can do whatever you want as long as you work for it. Amen to that. And we support that message. And we've actually got, you mind if we play a little clip? Of course. All right. This is Black Victor from, have you got it? Lynn's got it. Good stuff. Good Thank lyrics. You so yeah, much. Very good. Very yeah. good. I love that you uh, singled out uh, Larry Elder. We've talked about Larry. Yes. You know, he's running for governor. He yeah. is. I'm so excited. I'm, I think he could literally save California. Yeah, say, uh, send Larry some money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, for yeah. sure. And I want to remind everybody that we have requested uh, our listeners to make a small contribution. Let Larry know that you support his efforts. And we're going to actually uh, we'll do a little update on Larry after uh, after we talk to Savannah. But I want to encourage you all seriously to support uh, Larry Elder's campaign. You know, they sued to try to get him off the ballot. They tried to deny him access yep. uh, to the ballot and he had to sue uh, to get uh, to get a, a spot on the on the recall ballot. So. I think that would be awesome. He's given some great interviews. He's going to do some great stuff. And speaking of great stuff, Savannah, we love the song. So Black Victor is is aimed primarily at minority communities. And I love, don't teach your kids to be jealous. You know, it is yeah. it is so easy for kids um, to absorb awful stuff mm-hmm. if you just let the world soak into your kids. Yeah. You have to you have to constantly be pumping into them just those kinds of messages. Don't don't thrive or, or don't live on jealousy don't you know don't wait for somebody to hand you something you know right it's okay to want to be like someone yeah. or be inspired oh, yeah. by someone but 
jealousy. It's so easy to get jealous of people and say, well, I want that. I want that. Well, that person probably wasn't born with what they have now. Um, someone that inspires me, obviously, is Candace Owens. And mm-hmm. if you know her story, she definitely was not born into any sort of privilege or she was not just given the things that she has today. She worked very hard for it and went through a lot of struggle to get where she is. Yeah. And and everybody, you know, one of the things you realize as you grow, no matter we look at other people and we think, oh, they've got it made or they had something given to them. But everybody has struggles. Yes. Everybody has struggles. And we have different struggles, but we all struggle. And um, so when will this song be officially available? When's it going to be online? It should be available on all platforms within the next week. And so will that mean like iTunes? Yes. Where, where can people go yes. download it if iTunes, they want to download it? iTunes, uh, Spotify. I'm going to be filming a video for it pretty soon within the next month or so after I get done with Oklahoma. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Yes. So that's a nice segue into our next topic, which yes. is Oklahoma. And, you know, I pulled up the website for the show, which uh, is uh, Brian clouds cloudus cloudus okay yes. cloudus.com and, and it's funny you know a good website obviously photography is important but it's like it's this beautiful bucolic scene with a barn and a yes. beautiful blue you just want to you want to climb in you yeah go, you that's go, actually the the venue is it really mm-hmm. that is so awesome and uh so yeah tell us a little bit about oklahoma yeah so oklahoma it's a musical and it's just a beautiful classic by Rodgers and Hammerstein. And I'm just so glad that I get to be a part of this because pretty much everyone in the cast, they're all patriots. They all are conservative thinkers and they love this country. Uh, But something that I've been able to... I'm sad that I had to kind of get away from was theater for a little while because it's so heavily funded by the Democrats and the left. So I had a lot of people telling me, you know, with your views, you're never going to get cast in a show. You're never going to be able to do this or that. But I'm glad that I had this opportunity because I'll actually be working with James O'Keefe, who is going to be playing the lead, Curly. He is the founder of Project Veritas. And. He's famous in his own right, but I learned from talking to you that he also is like a, into theater. He's a yes. thespian. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he is. So and uh, and so the show is coming up, and again, it's in Roslyn, Virginia. Yep, it's about thirty-five about, minutes out of Lynchburg, which is about a six-hour drive. Yes, from here. Okay, and and uh, it starts. It's on. There are Thursday night shows, Friday night shows, Saturday and Sunday, and it's running August nineteen to September 5, and give the web address again if folks want to look and get tickets. Yes, it is brianclaudus.com. All right, and Claudus is C-L-O-U-D-U-S, right? Brian Claudus, yeah, C-L-O-W-D-U-S. Yes. And I've got a little special announcement. You know, Don Bound, you were at the show. You were at the show yesterday. Yes, Liz's I was. morning show. And Don Bound and I were here. We were talking. And, of course, Don Bound and I are walking, working together with other people on the Red Hat project and so we decided that we're going to try to put together a trip for folks to come see the show that'd be wonderful and so we're, i'm still uh very early phases um we're talking to the group sales office there at the theater and we don't know exactly what date we will choose but we're working on it and so folks we may have an opportunity for y'all to win a couple of tickets and uh, live broadcast from oklahoma oh that would be awesome we could do that we yes. could do the show from we just Virginia. have to have one of those other dudes like that scott richard guy or something yeah. sitting in the we'll studio dudes but we'll be in oklahoma i want to go to oklahoma well it's in make Virginia. that happen it's, oklahoma. it's in virginia but it's we'll take oklahoma. you to oklahoma oh it's, oh, it's through, our, through your eyes 
Oh, you know, I grew up well, in Virginia. That's right. And what part of Virginia is it again? Rosalind. Yeah, and that's right outside Crystal City, right? Uh, different Rosalind. Yeah. Different yeah. one. It's, yeah. You know where Lynchburg is? It's this like is, in oh, the yeah. middle. Yeah, okay. It's like 30 minutes from okay. that. This is okay. spelled like, this is spelled Roseland. Yeah. That's, oh, that's not Roseland. Okay. Yeah, not Roseland. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I thought the same yeah. thing. And if you look at this picture on the web, folks, we'll, we'll post a link to it on our uh, social media pages. But if you look at the picture, I mean, if that's the venue... We're, yes, we're, we're going to Virginia. We're, we're yes. going to Virginia. It's an outside venue. Uh, it's going to be in the evening, so it's going to be nice and cool. And James O'Keefe is going to be riding in on a horse. Wow. Yeah. And what's the dates of the show? August 19th through mm-hmm. September 5th. Oh. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun, and you're gonna, and we'll give out some red hats. We'll give. Uh, I think Don wants to give the cast members red hats, make them honorary red hat members. So yes. if we can, if we can pull this off, it's going to be huge, as well, uh, as the president huge. says. So we're working on that, folks. And uh, Savannah, you want to stick with us? You got a few more minutes? Yeah, of course. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial timeout for those sponsors that we love dearly. Folks, stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Savannah Craven. Don't leave town. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee, and we're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson team. So how do you coach a buyer who's involved in an environment where there are multiple offers being submitted? Because most of these deals are going multiple offers, Reese. You've got to have a buyer that absolutely has to have the property, meaning the motivation is there. Going in strong with terms and price is the way you win in this market. So, Greg, how do you work to ensure that your clients don't pay too much? The law of supply and demand says when there's not much of something available and tons of demand, prices have to go up. But if the home meets their needs and they have to buy today, we're not going to let them overpay, but they need to do what it takes to win. Great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team at 843-251-2693, or you can schedule your appointment online at gregsisson.com. The Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. In a cave below the ground, way down, it's cold and it's dark But it knows his way around And the mazes of the underground Are no match for him But it looks just like a traveler Who hasn't showered in a while And been living in the ground Milo is your best friend Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 841 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sharing it with us. We're talking to Savannah Craven this morning. She's just shared with us her forthcoming single, Black Victor. Great song. Love it. Thank you. Love it a lot. And uh, look forward to having that out there that you guys can uh, download that on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your tunes. And, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about, Uh, earlier savannah is you know you've taken a little break fame and fortune have come your way so you're taking a little break from college but college is tough it's a you know and that's why we love to see young folks uh, young people um 
who are embracing conservative principles and, and conservative views. But college is tough for conservative yeah, kids. It is. Yeah. I went to school uh, in New York City. I was a musical theater major. Uh, I was in my second year when COVID hit. And when all this stuff started to happen, like the Black Lives Matter riots and the destruction in New York, I was forced basically to come home because flights were going to stop from Myrtle Beach um, into New York City. And I watched a lot of people that I called my friends, like, take part of this destruction and, like, destroying places and bashing in windows of places that I once went, like, by myself and Mm -hmm. places that I enjoyed going to. And they became, like, very dangerous parts of the city. And it just shocked me. Like, I was like, how can you support something like this out of anything? You know, you've just destroyed an innocent person's building. What did they do? Yeah. Uh, So... Coming out basically and saying, like, I'm conservative and saying I'm voting for Trump, it cost me a lot of people that I cared about. But everything that's came since then has been worth it. Yeah. Well, and you're obviously um, you're, you're not preaching to the choir, but you're touching a nerve with so many people. And I think, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there. Um, we've talked about this. You've gotten a lot of pushback. But there are also a lot of people, even within the African-American community and and that realize that th- there's been a bill of goods sold to people. They're, mm-hmm. they're being fed stuff that's just not true. Right. And, exactly. and you're, you're doling out some truth. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm yeah. trying to. You know, uh, there's no reason that any minority should be voting Democrat anymore. They're the party of the KKK. They're the party that put us on welfare. And I'm not saying that, like, all Republicans are great, obviously. Yep. Um, yep. But we are the party of Abraham Lincoln that ended slavery and they're trying to do things better and i think pretty much anyone that knows what's going on in america right now could say that we were we were better under trump let's just say that (laughs) amen amen to that you'll get you'll get the first uh official ding of the show for that savannah thank you for that and you know you you hit the nail on the head republicans are not perfect i mean we're we're frustrated uh we have issues like we we talk about the people that have been incarcerated as a result of January 6th. And, and yeah. I, I think, where are the Republicans? Why aren't they standing up in the well and just refusing to sit down until they give those people a speedy trial? Right. I mean, it, well, let's strike that. Until they give them a trial, a speedy trial is no longer possible. <laughs> no. But, um, but there are people that have been incarcerated, put in solitary confinement, and it, it, what it amounts to, they're political prisoners. They're exactly. political prisoners in the United States of America, folks. And that's incredible. It's, 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 it's despicable. Um, and it's a blemish on uh, on the dark mark uh, on the on it's a dark blemish on on the history of this of this nation. Um, we are looking forward to a red hat road trip to Mount Rouge Farm in Roslyn, Virginia. Yes. So we're looking forward to coming to see you. We're going to figure out a way to make that work. And uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, follow Savannah Craven, which you should. Um, how do they do that? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Savannah A. Craven, and you can just DM me. Uh, the link to the website to get tickets is also in my bio, and message me, and I might just give you a little discount. <laughs> Excellent. You can uh, you see, folks, this is the great thing about Saturday morning coffee. We introduce you to high friends in high places, and when you know the right people, you can get, uh, you know, you can get treated like a VIP. <laughs> so, Savannah, thanks. Always great to see you. Come back. Anytime. We love to have you on the show. Anytime Thank you, you so Anytime much. you want to talk to us. You Absolutely. Folks, it's Savannah Craven and I'm Reese Boyd. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with uh, Parting Words and the Saturday Morning Coffee Parting Wisdom segment. I'll be right back. Don't leave town.
Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. The Myrtle Beach Christian Church, it means a lot to me. I definitely love this church. I've been to plenty. It's like my home away from home. And I love everybody there, too. Like, everyone respects everybody, and they always compliment you on anything. They always ask you, how was your day? Well, for people like me in high school, the Myrtle Beach Christian Church, it definitely helps support kids who are in school. People should come to this church because we have a lot of fun. We like to do stuff like car shows. We do dinners at the church sometimes. We host plenty of events. It's so much fun, and the stories that our pastor tells when he's up there preaching, they're hilarious, and they always make me laugh when I'm sitting in church. And everyone is just so helpful when it comes to you as a person. I definitely do recommend Myrtle Beach Christian Church because everyone really connects with you. I am Kylie Stifler, and please, please come join us at Myrtle Beach Christian Church. Come have fun and just enjoy life there. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. REM on your Saturday morning, 8.50. Thanks for sticking with us here on the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Actually, two hours, Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is the parting wisdom segment of Saturday morning coffee. Great show today. I want to thank Savannah Craven for joining us. And we are, folks, working on the inaugural Red Hat Road Trip to Mount Rouge Farm. And we're going to see if we can work that out. Details will be forthcoming. Um, I'm not sure if that information will be broadcast here through uh, Liz's show or um, we'll be talking about it here on Saturdays. But we're going to figure out a way, if we can, uh, to make that work, uh, to make a trip uh, uh, happen. And we'll probably, as a result of that, have a few tickets to be giving away. But uh, we'll, more, more to come on that. But if you do want to check out the show yourself and go ahead and make arrangements uh, to go, I'm confident that we're going to get something done. But in the event that we don't, or if you just want to get more information about the uh, production of Oklahoma, again, it's com. That's brianclaudus, C-L-O-W-D-U-S.com. And really want to thank Savannah for uh, coming by the show and, and sharing her morning with us here on Saturday morning coffee. She is great, and if everybody um, age 20 was just like Savannah, we'd be in mm-hmm. good shape. We would be in, good, be shape. in good shape. And I bet you the production of Oklahoma uh, will be much better than what you've seen at high school <laughs> Yeah, this is not going to be your, uh, no. your uh, Oklahoma from that you remember from high school. Yeah. The, the set, the setting, the picture on the website is, is really uh, phenomenal. So looking forward to that. Folks, uh, we've had a lot to talk about today. You know, one of the things we love to do on this show is introduce uh, books uh, to folks. And uh, we had a recommendation for a book. Uh, it, it was interesting to talk to Savannah about her experience in college. Uh, we had, who recommended a book today, Glenn? Somebody. Oh, it was uh, Jesse the Horseman on uh, the PCRXcomputers.com text line recommended American Marxism. That's Mark Levin's yeah. new book. Yeah. I had a couple of uh, young folks, other young folks, come to me in the last couple of weeks to talk about possible internships, other things at the law firm. And one of the one that both were talking about their uh, the bias that they have experienced at the collegiate uh, level in classrooms from professors 
who do not treat uh, conservatives as normal folks. Uh, if you are a young person, you know, there's the old adage, Glenn, if you're uh, 20 and you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart. And if you're 50 and you're not a conservative, you don't have a brain. I think mm. that might have been Winston Churchill. I don't recall. But the bottom line is there's a lot of really unfair uh, discrimination. I say discrimination. It's uh, it's well, yeah, let's call it discrimination. It's uh, it's viewpoint discrimination. Uh, that's happening on our on our many of our college campus campuses. Most of our college campuses, there are some, uh, you know, Hillsdale, other colleges, Liberty that are f- founded, actually built on conservative principles. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these kids face a lot of pressure in in the campus environment, particularly in the classroom, uh, for espousing uh, conservative values. It's it's really phenomenal. So I, another book, uh, one of the folks that came to talk to me about about an internship was talking about the professor had uh, talked to them, forced, uh, forced, uh, required them, assigned them to read Howard Zinn's. You ever read any Howard Zinn? Can't think of him. Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. It's phenomenally bad. It's a piece of trash. (laughs) And I I gave him the antidote. I said, look, I want you to read Modern Times. I want you to read some Paul Johnson. Uh, And I encourage you guys to pick up uh, a history book by Paul Johnson. The book that I wanted to read uh, to y'all about is uh, a book that Paul wrote many years ago. It's called Modern Times. And he really talks about uh, how everything has gone haywire, uh, more or less, since 29 May 1919, when a photograph of a solar eclipse taken on the island of Principe off of West Africa and at Sobral in Brazil confirmed the truth of a new theory of the universe. It had been apparent for 50 years that Newtonian cosmology, based on straight lines of Euclidean geometry and Galileo's notions of absolute time, was in need of serious modification. It had stood for more than 200 years. It was the framework on which the Enlightenment was based. Anyway, he goes on to say, Paul Johnson goes to say, that 1919 they realized through these photographs that time and space were not hard, that they were fluid, and that we live in a relative world, that time is like perspective, and it's really Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. But the theory of relativity has crept into every aspect of our lives. It's a pretty it, thick book you got there, too, book. buddy. So we've got a copy of Modern Times. It's an extra copy that I have in my library. I've given two away this week. First person who texts into the PCRXcomputers.com text line will get a copy of Modern Times and a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug. It's a great book. I encourage you all to read it. Also, I have not checked out uh, Jesse's uh, recommendation for Levin's new book, but I do plan to read American Marxism. I've heard it's great. Let me leave you with this bit of parting wisdom from uh, none other than Mark Stein. Mark, speaking of um, Hillsdale College, Mark Stein published this little gem in Imprimus magazine. He said, our increasingly unrecognizable civilization. And folks, again, this ties back to modern times and the changes that began uh, in 29 May 1919, according to Paul Johnson, when we realized that we needed a new theory of the universe. And that's where we got to Albert Einstein and relativity. But that's where the world began to unravel, according to Paul Johnson. It's a very interesting, fascinating read. It will open your eyes much more usefully than that trash that Howard Zinn wrote, The People's History of the United States. Uh, Stein writes in Imprimus magazine, he said, you know, there are three distinguishing characteristics that establish uh, the characteristic society that is America that we have known it. One is equality before the law. 
something that is absolutely essential to a free society. In its place, we have now politicized the law. Exactly, folks. We have politicized everything. If a policeman fatally shoots someone, whether his name is released to the public depends on whether the shooting is consistent with the preferred political narrative of the ruling class. And he goes on to explain that. Second, border control. Functioning societies require a border. At the Peace of Westphalia three centuries ago, uh, we rec- ever since we've recognized that functioning societies require borders. America has no southern border, and it has no plans to get one. And he talks about the dangers there. Third, dare I bring it up, the fact that the real question is, there, is whether we can go back to agreeing on the premise that we must have free, fair, open, and honest elections. If we don't have open and honest elections, then control of the borders and equality before the law doesn't even matter. We don't have the conditions for politics and free democratic government in America as we know it. So those are the three things that Mark Stein points out. Equality before the law, uh, a, a real border on our border with Mexico, and free, honest, fair elections. If we don't have those three things, folks, we don't have a country. I'll post a link to the full article on the website. I encourage you guys to check it out. But those three things, folks, are not negotiable. If we don't have those three things, according to Mark, and he's right, then the country that we have known, that we have loved, the United States of America, it's over. Game over. Game over, man. And so we've got to work on that. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom, folks, from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. I want to thank Josh Kimbrell, Kimbrell and, and Savannah Craven for being with us today. That's it for Saturday Morning Coffee. Stick around for Tom Heron and Up With America, and we'll be back next week with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Be blessed. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.